Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Party after the Dallas Mavericks defeated the Houston Rockets on Friday night, 113 to 100. Uh, I am Kirk Henderson, editor in chief of MavsMoneyBall.com. I am just coming uh, to you following Josh Bow and I recording uh, an after dark uh, that should be going up shortly. Um, you guys know the general rules here. You want to come in, uh, and, you know, request to come up on stage. Uh, I don't think it instamuted you anymore, which was a feature I liked, but just be cognizant of that. Look at your name, make sure that the circle is lighting up around your name and get your takes off. I, for one, am looking forward to going to bed early because it has been a week. And frankly, we have a huge road trip ahead of us. And I don't know how much there is to take away from this ass whooping. So coming up first is my buddy Christian. What's going on, guy? Hey, it it muted me as I came up. So hopefully they didn't change that thing for you. But how are you doing today, brother? I am all right. Oh, man. I, I mean, there's... There's not necessarily we say after this game outside of, you know, Dwight Powell's the big man we've needed for all these years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the, the question I had is how many of our end of the bench guys are replaceable from the street? Like how many guys can we grab off the street off of, you know, free agency or the G League? to replace the guys we have uh, towards the end of our bench. So I don't know, like I don't want to kick anybody in the knees too much, but this, like what you watch a game like tonight and then you watch, you know, just somewhat uh, what some of the other different teams kind of higher up in the standings have. And it's a little bit difficult to not be anything other than hypercritical. Um, I don't want, you know, you, you look at the, the, the Mavericks starting lineups. They got Luca, Brunson, Bullock, Finney, Finney Smith, Dwight Powell. Then you get Spencer Dinwiddie potentially starting at times. And you got Maxi Kleba potentially starting at times. And then after that, it goes, it gets kind of dark. Uh, you have Josh Green, who I think is fine, but it's just, he is a ninth man at this point, not a seventh man, not an eighth man. He's a guy who comes in when you really need him to, not because you have to get somebody a blow. And I'm talking playoff games. Um, Marquise Chris is injured. We can't expect anything of him. Davis Bertans is currently, um, I don't know what to make of Davis Bertans. I enjoy his energy. I enjoy his chaos. But until he hits something, he's really kind of a, a blech value. Frank Nielkina is unplayable. Sterling Brown is unplayable. Boban Marjanovic is unplayable. Um, Trey Burke is unplayable. You know, he, he did fine tonight, but it's just when he, when he was bad, he was real bad. So like, this is not meaning to like say this whole team stinks. It's just when you look like, you know, um, Istok Franco wrote a piece for D magazine today. Istok, I'm right for Mads Moneyball. We, uh, we get more page views. Um, just teasing sort of mostly. Um, the Mavericks don't have a lot of like playoff guys. Like they have like six and a half, seven guys that can really make it happen. And, you know, it's, it's just a little, I don't want to say it's alarming. It's just when everything is going well and these guys play like a playoff rotation, we're not going to think about this, particularly if all of them are healthy. But if one of these guys gets hurt, it's going to get a little funky. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, one positive is Josh Green, I think, has shown that uh, he can do at least some stuff. And if he becomes even a league average three-point shooter on decent volume, like he's going to be around for, for quite some time. Sure. Uh, you know, was, I mean, he was wildly funny tonight. Like, he just runs so damn hard. I- yeah, I think he almost runs too hard and too quick for his own good. I mean, yeah. he, like, on some of the fast breaks, like, he had this, like, almost, like, grandma shot layup that was, like, really weird to see. Love, uh, I, he had one up and under, like, in the air, though, that was phenomenal. Yeah, he he's he's done some, you know, fun stuff. And I think with time, that's what it always frustrates me. Like when people were calling, uh, you know, Jalen Green of the Rockets, like a bus, like two months into the season. It's like these kids are like 20, 21 years old. And especially this past uh, couple classes that have come out during the pandemic when, you know, very few practices, weird schedules, all those things. I think this group deserves a little bit more time than previous groups, just because it's so different, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, But, you know, I hope we're able uh, to, to kind of start hitting our stride guys like uh, Maxie and Reggie. Ooh, buddy. Have you seen the schedule? Oh, yeah, it's going to be brutal <laughs> next. <laughs> I'm not sure what stride they're going to hit. I'm just hoping they make it through. Like, if they were to go three and two over these next five, I would be super. Yeah, the nice thing is after that, it calms down a bit before the before the playoffs, which yes. gives me some hope. Because, uh, you know, obviously I'd rather them hit their stride uh, as we enter the playoffs as opposed to necessarily this moment right um i maxi you know he's been awful each of the playoff series we've played uh of offensively anyways um but reggie i i don't know why i'm just confident he's going to be just fine but i guess we'll see i am too because uh, the shots look good they're just not going down you know it's not it's not like he's shooting a ton of air balls yeah, and it's it's when he does that like kind of goofy like side fadeaway kind of thing where yes, like the sidestep three, yeah, exactly. So I you know I think when we when it comes time and we get there, you know it uh will be fine. But I'm gonna stop hogging so much time. You know, appreciate it for having me up and hope you have a. You too, buddy. Talk soon. All right, who we got next here? We don't got anybody. Nobody wants to come up here and talk. We're all just like, hey, the, the Mavericks beat the Rockets. Well, Lord knows I can filibuster. Um, let's take a look at, uh, oh, hey, Matt Phillips wants to join. Hey, buddy, what's going on? Not a lot. How are you doing tonight? I'm okay. Thank you for saving uh, the crowd from having to hear my voice. Uh, yeah, so I I think that we're really just going to have to get locked in for a lot of Dorian and Luca at center, like as the only big men. Like I love it from a pure, like, oh, my God, what uh, it, it, What if they push? Like, what if they do that and then run? That sounds – Yeah, no, it sounds a lot of fun to me. I've been pushing for Luka for, as, some, as a center for some minutes since he was a rookie. But the only thing with that is that's going to be a lot of – that. that's a lot of wear on him for the bigger guys. And so it's 
that's a bullet you only have so much of. So you got to be a little careful with how often you shoot it because if if you end up going crazy, like what I'm worried about is that we're going to do it now out of necessity, and then we're 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 going to wear him out. Like last year, we did so much to keep him and Porzingis uh, to keep them fresh, and we wore Maxi and Dorian in them out. I'm a little worried this year that we're going to wear Luke out trying to. I mean, I don't even know that trying to keep Maxi fresh is the right thing. Just out of necessity, because I'm yeah. assuming he's hurt. Have they? Have we heard anything on that? Did they announce? There's that he's nothing hurt? on Twitter. There's nothing in the Mavs post game stuff. I he, he didn't think he was moving poorly. No, he seemed fine. He was arguing about the call on the play that he that was his third foul, and I I really think they just benched him. I knew he had an ankle injury like two weeks ago, but like I I really think they just said, hey bud, it's not there right now. Just you know, sit this one out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. They need to figure something else out with him because, like, I was, I'm like pushing for for someone on our staff to like come up with all the ridiculous stuff that happens in sports movies whenever guys are like going through funks. Um, this may be a very old reference for like most of the people in here, but in the first major league movie, so Pedro Serrano is like talking to his, like he's basically attempting to do like voodoo with his bats. You know, there, there's the yeah, yes, Jobu, that's right. And then there's, you know, and, and for a more recent reference has to be uh, Ted Lasso, where they go and basically excise all their ghosts. And whatever ex-girlfriend is haunting Maxi Kleba, we need to get him over it. It's very important. But yeah. I'm also choosing to look at this as, like, what if he's getting his shit-tastic run out of the way early? Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm all for that, and I'm hoping. But since you brought up Major League, I have to say it's one of the greatest lines in movie history. Are you trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? <laughs> Jesus Christ could not hit a curveball. I think that's an accurate reflection. <laughs> I have to bring that up because I love that movie. But uh, it's that – I don't know. That completely got me uh, uh, sidetracked. But, yeah, with him, hopefully he's getting it out. I mean, the thing is I don't want to crap on him too much because when he is right – he does bring a collection of skills that is really nice and really useful in that theoretically mm-hmm. the shooting, the ability to roll if he needs to, the the versatile defense and all of that. But man, is it going bad right now? Like it's just it it it's really really ugly right now. And I mean, I, that I, one three, he took one three. You know, it's from the left side, and it hit the back part of the rim. <laughs> We're in, and I'm, I'm not sure how many of you guys play basketball. I'm not sure how many of you guys have ever played basketball on a really good basket, but there's this dead spot on the back of NBA rims where when you, it, it sounds like, oh, it sounds like a canned good falling off a store shelf and it makes this horrendous, like, and, and I don't know how to describe it other than it's like really uncomfortable. And that's what Maxi's shots feel like now. Which is crazy because he's so good. Well, to me, it looks like he's changed his motion a little bit. Like he's aiming the ball more than he's shooting it right now. Sure. You know he's in his head because he turned down – actually, the three he took, he turned down a three right before that and then got it back on the same possession and just was so wide open that he had to shoot it. And you can tell, like, when he he knows he's supposed to shoot it. And I really, I really, really wish – and I know you've mentioned this before – that we could take, like, that we could take Bertan's confidence and give it to him because Bertan, like Bertan's just tries some wild ass shit. Like it's hilarious. That baseline pass behind the back, left-handed baseline pass. 
Yeah, that didn't work at all. That's that was the first time I said he had delusions of grandeur in the slack is when he did that. And then he tried the dunk. And it's just that guy legitimately it it's fun to watch. He's he really is. He reminds me of Poku. Like he's better than Poku. He's more normal than Poku. Oh sure, but like but the, if, like the he, it's like somebody playing. It's like someone is playing him as a video game avatar, where yes. it's just like fuck it, I'm gonna do this thing. That that's Bertans, and I I see a lot of people get really angry with him online. I think it's hilarious. Man, I love it. Like if you're that guy, I mean, like here's the thing, uh, Bertans is not in, he, his safety is the coach. Like, that's the thing with Bertans. If Bertans is out there, he's super aggressive, and he's going to try to do shit, and it's probably not going to work. And if it's a night that it's not working, then the coach needs to take him out. If it is a night that it's working and he can swing, you know, five to eight games a year or maybe one to two games in a playoff series, then that has value. And that that's what he is, is he has to be trying to do stuff. And so, you know, it, it all that crazy stuff, like, occasionally it works. And when it works, it looks really cool, and we're like, if like he would have thrown down that dunk, I would have demanded a post specifically about the dunk. Oh, you'd have gotten like four. Like I would have done one. Luke would have done one. We'd all just looked at it from different angles. Everything it would <laughs> that, but it it really is with him. Like he's just he's not gonna be a bunch. That's one of the reasons that I do think that it mattered. That like when people came back after, like it kind of sucked that he had the one really, really good game right after we got him, because then there were people who were just like, oh, he's, you know, he's all of this. He's the shooter. He's so great. We have all of this. And he is a really gifted shooter at times, but it's just he's he's going to take shots when he's in the game. And if he occasionally some of them go in and when they go in, he looks great. And when they don't, you know, he provides absolutely nothing else. So but it is fun to watch. Jake Kemp of of the ticket wrote an article for D Magazine last week that said Berton's time is coming. Now, if you only read the headline, you didn't read any of the article, you could really read it like one of two ways. Like he's going to be executed, you know, he's going to be deported or sent into space. Jake, of course, meant that he was going to, uh, you know, play well, but. Since he's run at Bertans has only hit four threes and is shooting like twenty two percent from the field. And so I I don't know. Shooting comes around in wild stretches. We've seen it enough with some of the guys that we have on the team. I'm hopeful that they're just working through Yeah, I mean there's that. And I mean, hopefully at some point they go down. I don't really want to be like Sienna and just say, Oh, it's as simple as shots, you know, going in or not going in. Um, because some of it's the offense. But right now I do think the offense is okay. We're just missing shots. Uh, really the only last thing, it's really hard to take stuff away from games like against the Rockets because the Rockets just suck. I mean, like they're just absolutely terrible. And because of that, there's not a whole lot that you can take away against actual good teams. I do think tonight was a good example, and I mentioned this in the recap, that Dinwiddie can really contribute without shooting well because there's been a lot of of negative talk that, you know, the only reason, you know, things are going so well is because, you know, he's shooting so well and that's unsustainable. And that that's is not true at all. It's his passing and driving. Yeah. I mean, the shooting is unsustainable. Like he's not going to be a 48% three point shooter or whatever he had been shooting for the first few games. I think it was down to like 41 after the last game. But what he can do though, is he provides size on the perimeter. You saw he blocked it. He blocked a jumper today. Luca blocked a jumper. Like when they're both out there on the perimeter, that is a ton of ball handling. And they are both, that is a giant backcourt. Yeah. And, when you have that, and that's one of the things when kid was the coach in Brooklyn, um, they play, they played a hybrid lineup 
that was very small in the front court, but very big in the back court. Like he played Kirilenko some at guard. Um, it was a super old version of Kirilenko, but he's had a lot of success with that in the past of using of using a big back court and a small front court. Which I mean, we have to play a small front court, but because we don't really have a choice now, we don't have size in the front court anymore. But that is which is funny. It's it, it's just so it's it's so funny that the you know not to look too far ahead, but I think we kind of have to. Um, what I think this Mavericks team, this is just my opinion. I think this Mavericks team is going to be wildly different next year. Um, uh, you know, they just signed Dorian <sighs> past Dorian Luca is, I, I think anybody's on the table. I, I think that like we might start a riot if they traded Dinwiddie for some reason, but I, I think the rest of the roster is really kind of up in the air. Um, they can't, you can't have seven and a half guys and, and, you know, CBA Mavs, our, our guy, Scott at Mavs Moneyball, it's like the Mavericks are very close to the apron. Like they spent a ton of money. You can't have seven and a half guys and have, have that much salary under the book. So they're going to have to wiggle some stuff around. I don't know. It, it's it, that's what this game kind of got me thinking about a little bit because you know Luca scores a bajillion points and makes the game look easy. Goes out when they're up thirty and the, they close it all the way down to what thirteen points before Luca. Yeah, it got. I'm, I'm not. I think it was that. I mean, and that and shit they happens. Got it back up to- like it, it just happens. We did it the Golden State. You know, a week and a half. Yeah, I mean, teams go on runs. There's that, but the the team, and especially when you're missing Brunson, you are, and you have to rely on Trey Burke. Which, despite how many times Harp talks about how good he is and what a luxury he is, is just not. I know he was fine, approximately fine today, but he just does some crazy stuff, and it. The, I would not be surprised if we make a bunch of moves like you talked about, but I would also, I, I've seen enough Mavs over the last, you know three to five years and last 30 years that I've paid attention to them, that if they just roll it back and it's like, you know, Hey, we've got Dorian back. We've got Brunson back. We have a full year of Dinwiddie. We have Luca. And then like, like say they go into the first round and especially if they win the first round series, I do not expect a big move at all. Just because I think they'll be like, Hey, you know, we're making progress. Luca's natural growth. Luca's going to come into shape, going to come into camp into shape next year, which I mean that, and then, you know, we do all that, and then we'll be a higher seed, and then, you know, we're there, and other teams are going to age out. The Steph and Draymond will be a year older. Uh, Chris Paul will be a year older. The, and, you know, Mavs, Mavs, Mavs will be good. And I would honestly, because I'm a just shy of Dalton-level optimist, probably talk myself into it and be super, super happy with it too. Or not happy with the moves, but super happy with the team. But – I, it wouldn't shock me if they did that, and then it wouldn't shock me if it's like Luca and Dorian and everyone else is new. I don't think Dorian's going anywhere. Like I, I just no. really don't. No, but. Dorian is going to somehow end up being like the fourth most Mavs or games played as a Mav before his career is over. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, and I'm all good with that. By the way, like if anybody else asks to talk and I need to go, I I can get out of the way. I'm just kind of staying up here because nobody had uh, requested whenever I came up here. Um, uh, my man Leo just said he, he wants to be invited up. He, his request isn't showing. Oh, there he is. There he is. All right. Well, no, I, I, I appreciate you taking the time. All right. Well, I will just say that there's that. Luca is awesome. This was the quietest 30, 14, and 6 game that I've ever seen. But just he's awesome, and, you know, it's good that they took care of business against a bad team. Everybody have a good night. That's right.
That's right. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you coming up. Matt wrote the recap for MavsMoneyBall.com, which you should go check out. He, um, I'll let you guys figure out what Matt does for a living down the road because uh, you can tell in his writing if you really pay attention. All right. Uh, my buddy Leo is going to come up. Hello. I just want to congratulate uh, Coach Popovich for becoming the most winningest coach in NBA history, and you Spurs needed that. Muted yourself, Bob. I did it. Oh, sorry. Um, there you go. We heard you talk about Pop, and then you, you kind of cut off midway through. Um, But as far as the Mavericks go, I'm – I don't know. Is this – I mean, we shouldn't be concerned after two losses like this. We didn't have JB out there. There was a lot more ball pressure on Dinwiddie, uh, and we're missing a big. But is it now time to be just a little bit depressed before the? Well, no. I mean, look, I've had a great time once the Mavericks got through the bullshit. Well, I'm trying to think when it started being fun. Things started getting weird during the COVID stretch. So, like Luca hurt his, you know, he got rolled up on. And then he had COVID. And you know, during that stretch, the basketball was weird. And then Luca came back, and then the basketball started to get fun. So after, like, the first 15 games when it was, like, a slog and the Mavs were winning, but they really shouldn't have been winning, I've had an entertaining time this year. And so, you know, when they, they decided to pull the trigger on the KP trade, everything since is sort of a version of gravy because it it's it's a bit of an admission that what they had tried wasn't working. You know, Cuban told me the other night of like, okay, look, we built this team for a Carlisle coach team, and now we have a Jason Kidd coach team, and we're trying to figure out what works. Now, part of me, big picture, is very frustrated because it feels like they misused a significant portion of Luca on a rookie contract. But that's over with. What are you going to do about it? They that they made such a big move to me says I think that they're looking to get the kind of players that fit within what they do. And I'm just looking forward to seeing what that means, because this has been entertaining. And, you know, if they win, it's gravy. What do you got? There we go. Um, Another thing, just being uh, you mentioned how you were really afraid of the jazz. And uh was listening to the Thinking Basketball's podcast, and they were talking about how whenever Donovan Mitchell uh, drives to the basket, the Jazz have a 1.8 offensive rating uh, per possession. And the point being that every time that he drives, he has a 40% uh, three-point shooter, both off-catch and open threes with, I can't say his name, is it Boyan? Boyan Bogdanovich. There you go. And it just makes me really sad because he also mentioned how Luka was one uh, – Whenever Luca drives to the basket, the Mavericks are 113, uh, have a 113 offensive rating, and we don't have a three-point shooter anywhere near as close, yep. as good as Boyan. I know JB shooting like 43% on catch and shoot, but he doesn't have enough of he doesn't have enough of a quality sample size to actually say he's up there. Sure, I recommend for anybody that needs weekend listening. On the Real Ones podcast, which I skip half the time because, like, sometimes sometimes players drive me nuts. But uh, Raja Bell uh, and Logan Murdoch had on Jonathan Sharks, and they just had, like, an excellent mix of, of kind of 
nerd basketball plus real hooper discussion like just blended together beautifully and one of the the things that that they talked about was how when you have a guy that's this ball dominant you of course want more more ball handling around them but you also need shooting and finding the blend between shooting and ball handling is extremely difficult um and so you know mitchell is interesting because he only gets like 5.5 assists per game which to me means he doesn't have any vision not doesn't have any but it's like you switch out luca and donovan and i think the jazz are an nba title contender in a heartbeat um just because of luca's ability to find the open man so i i know what you mean it it, it can be but this is sort of the the thing that we've had issues with for years where it's like oh if the maps are just a little bit better here and there but I kind of like what they're building towards because if the the defensive scheme can hold up for 50 games a year with what they're trying to do, then I think they're going to be a pretty good basketball team if they get. I guess just a final point. I mean, we actually have our pick in the draft this year. Would you want to go and see if we could draft a more experienced player or just try to see if we can turn that draft pick with the combination of either Tim Hardaway Jr. or Jalen Brunson or whatever anyone wants on our roster to see if we can get a big or a wing that's serviceable? It's a great question, and I'm not sure yet. Um, I think that it's like what I said earlier. I think the team will be very different. I think anyone is available for trade. You know, this is kind of might be a crazy town thing to say, but I think Josh Green might not be on the roster next year. Like he's shown himself to be functional, but I also don't know if he's ever going to get the reps to to play the way he needs to, or for anybody that thinks he's like, Oh, you know, I've gotten lots of comparisons for him over the last several days. And I, it's just, he's such a unique player. And I don't know what that means. Um, this is where, this is where just like not building through the draft at any point over the last 20 years can just catch up with them at rough points because they don't really have a lot of options. I mean, I would love for them to draft an experienced guy that could come in and play 15 minutes a night. I just don't know who that would be or what that would mean. And I don't think they have the patience to wait on anybody because we don't even have the patience to wait on Josh Green. And he's doing positive things. Yeah, I see that. I'm honestly a Josh Green, not Stan, but really big fan. It just kind of feels like we have a less playmaking Draymond Green on our team. He can switch on most of the players. He doesn't do like an amazing job. He does a decent job. And it's enough to help out our best defenders, which are all help side defenders. And uh, I just, it feels sad sometimes because it's like this defense looks great, but it also feels like it's missing its core piece. If we had a big that could play a lesser Rudy Gobert role and just be able to have Maxi Kleba and Dorian Finney-Smith come in with some really good steals and blocks on the side because that's what they're the best at. They're like our mini Giannis, not comparing them anywhere close to him, but just what Giannis does. His best aspect is coming off on the weak side and making sure that if they're going to the rim, he's getting a block where he's making it as hard as possible for them to do anything. Sure. Well, I mean, he's certainly frenetic and it's fun. Um, tonight was a, you know, it's, it's a fun sort of, I don't want to call it a showcase game, but he just he had enough plays in transition to make me wish they would push the ball a little bit more and find some fun defense. He's gotten really good. Matthew pointed this out. He's really good at like tracking long rebounds. And that's the sort of stuff that that, you know, teams sort of undervalue at this point. But thank you, Leo. Do you got anything else? Uh, just that Mark Cuban podcast was amazing. And Josh is a godsend angel for asking Mark Cuban about what the TV deal is going to be looking forward. Thank you. Have a good night. Sure thing, Leo. Appreciate you saying that. I, uh, I don't know. I had a little bit of a hard time with that podcast. I was having a uh, weird home day, and then I think Mark was uh, expecting me to be a raging asshole 
which I can be, but I, you know, the first time I meet someone, I try not to be just for sheer polite reasons. Um, and then he also filibustered me so long when I was talking about the TV appearances that I honestly forgot to follow up and ask him <laughs> the question where it's like, Hey, so how do the players feel about you talking all the time? Um, which I just didn't, that's my fault, but appreciate everybody uh, listening uh, to that. That was good stuff. Um, so this will go up tomorrow in the afternoon. I probably won't do a Moneyball Minute since the the Mavs game on Sunday starts at 2.30 against Boston. Josh and I, or maybe just Josh, will be back after um, the Celtics game, and we'll see how things are going. Everybody enjoy the rest of your Friday night, and we will talk soon.